them. Chris and I got to visit our uh, daughter in Germany several years ago, and I, I think I've had some other illustrations from from that. But um, we visited her in Germany, and uh, there's a town in Belgium called uh, Bastogne, which you may have heard of. It's about an hour from where they live, so it's, it's a pretty uh, short drive to get there. But it was a key a key city in the uh, the Battle of the Bulge, which was uh, the last uh, big German offensive on on the Western Front in World War II. It, it was the deadliest battle in World War II for for Americans. I think about seventeen thousand were were killed Americans. And uh, in the uh, the series uh, Band of Brothers, there's there's this one scene where Lieutenant Winters is leading his troops into their most celebrated feat of war, holding the Germans in the Battle of, of the Bulge. And a soldier leaving the front line pulls Lieutenant Winters aside, and he says ominously, looks like you guys are going to be surrounded. And without hesitation, Winters replies, we're paratroopers, Lieutenant. We're supposed to be surrounded. And, you know, as, as God's people, you know, maybe we should have that, that same realization. Maybe we should realize that, you know what, we're going to experience opposition. We're, we're really in a spiritual battle. We're, we're supposed to be surrounded. We shouldn't be surprised. We should expect it. Well, anyway, this morning, turn with me in your Bibles to Nehemiah 4. Nehemiah 4, and uh, here, here we have the, uh, the Jews who are rebuilding the, the walls and the gates and last, last time we saw this, this great effort of all the people coming together, all the people in, in the family of God coming together and uh, working on this wall. The, the wall's about halfway up, and we get opposition. So read with me in your Bibles, Nehemiah 4. Now when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heap of rubbish and burned ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite was behind him, and he said, Yes, what are they building? If a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunt on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where they are captives. Do not cover their guilt and let not their sin be blotted out from your sight, for they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. So we built the wall. And the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. But when Sanballat and Tobiah, the the Arab and the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and cause confusion in it. And we prayed to our God and set up a guard as protection against them day and night. In Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There's too much rubble. By ourselves, we are not able to rebuild the wall. 
And our enemies said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them to stop the work. At that time, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us, ten times you must return to us. So in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, in open places, I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that it was known to us that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. And from that day on, half my servants worked construction and half held spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. Each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me, and I said to the nobles and to the officials and the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we labored at the work. And half of them held spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. And I also said to the people at that time, Let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem, that they may be a guard for us by night and may labor by day. So neither I nor my brothers nor my servants nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Each kept his weapon at his right hand. Let's pray. Lord, as we uh, see this scene and as, as, we, uh, as we sing the battle belongs to you, we sing about your amazing grace. Uh, Lord, we realize that uh, you are the awesome and and mighty God, Lord, you are sovereign and and you are in control. Lord, speak to us this morning from from your word. Lord, change us. In Jesus' name, amen. So when we're engaged in doing God's work and we're doing it God's way, uh, opposition is, is inevitable. But God equips us to to respond in His way, and we we saw the same kind of thing in Ezra, didn't we? There was we we did a we did a sermon. There was a whole chapter where uh, Ezra and the people were were experiencing opposition. So so here we go again. Let's look at um, let's look at this opposition. Do we lose amplification here? Do we need a battery? Just turn this on, Ethan. You got it? Okay, we're good. We're good. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we saw the same kind of thing in Ezra. The, uh, the, adversi- the adversaries were uh, relentless as they did their best to uh, disturb 
discourage, dishearten, discredit the people, to, to destroy their, their resolve. The same thing's happening again here, this time, this time to Nehemiah. It says, Sanballat heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed and they were very angry and they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and cause confusion in it. You know, there, there was also opposition from, you know, the, the, not just Sambalat, but, but the people of the land. Uh, this this Sambalat guy, why did he care? He was, he was the governor of uh, Samaria. And it was his desire to uh, extend his control into, uh, into Judah. You know, so that for, for Sambalat, it was, a, it was a thing of wanting more power, wanting more control, wanting to control a, a bigger area. Anyway, um, you know, he, he seems to be the main instigator against uh, Nehemiah and the Jews. And his antagonism, his antagonism took a lot of forms. Let's, let's look at the uh, forms of opposition that uh, Nehemiah and, and the people encountered. You know, first there was anger. Anger from from others. It, it said it twice that uh, these guys were angry. You know, when 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 God's word is being work is being accomplished, uh, there will be angry people. Uh, why are they angry? Because they're not getting their own way. They want to control, but they can't. They feel their their power is threatened. Uh, they see their power diminished. Um, you know, it's a horrible way to get to get your own way. You know, by by having a, a fit of anger, but it can be quite effective. Uh, you know, who wants who wants people angry with them? You know, a lot of, a lot of times, it, you know, it's easy just to say, "Well, forget it. It's not worth it." And I think that's what uh, Sanballat. Wanted, you know, anger. Anger is a, a form of uh, manipulation that, that we should never succumb to. Our, our adversary, the, the devil, you know, he's he's not happy when God's work is is being done. Uh, you know, there there may be people who are angry for for whatever reason, and it's it's disheartening. Uh, but we, as God's people, we need to ask ourselves. Who are we trying to please? You know, are we going to be motivated by calming somebody's anger? Or are we going to uh, are we going to obey the Lord? You know, the Apostle Paul, speaking of opposition to to his preaching of the gospel in in Galatians one ten, said, "For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I'm still trying to please man, I will not be a servant of Christ." You know, there's, there's a lesson for us here. You know, it's, it's contrary to God's nature. It's, it's contrary to uh, the, the work of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit in our, our lives to, to be angry people. Paul says in Philippians 4 or 5, uh, let your reasonableness be made known to everyone. 
The Lord is at hand. You know, we need to be seen as reasonable people. The second form of opposition that Sanballat used was, was mockery. You know, it says that uh, Sanballat jeered at the Jews. He mocked them. He called them feeble. He, he questioned their abilities. You know, you, you guys don't know what you're doing. Uh, your, your work is inferior. Uh, what, what are these feeble Jews doing? You know, it sounds like the kind of thing that we see on social media these days, right? You know, this, this kind of mockery is, is cheap. It doesn't require a, a rational argument. You know, it's, it's something that a, uh, an eight-year-old can do very well. <laughs> uh, Tobiah, this, this, this guy, this Ammonite Tobiah joined in. Look what he says. Well, if a fox jumps up on the wall, the wall will fall down. Uh, like, uh, do you remember Eddie Haskell on, on Leave it to Beaver? That's what Tobiah reminds me. That, I don't know, is that even, maybe it's Middle Eastern humor. But, yeah. yeah, Fox will knock it down. Anyway, uh, Sambalot said, you know, will, will they restore it themselves? Will they sacrifice? Well, yeah. Uh, will they finish it up in a day? No, I don't think so. Will they revive the stones out of the heap of rubbish, the burned ones at that? Well, yes, I think they will. They will. Will they finish up in a day? No. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think any of us like to be mocked and, and jeered at and, and ridiculed. Nobody, nobody likes that. You know, it can be quite annoying. It can, it can wear you down. It can, it can cause you to have doubts. You, you begin to doubt your, your abilities. Maybe you, maybe uh, even, even doubt God. And it just seems to be such a common thing in, in today's world. You know, we have public leaders jeering each other, mocking each other, calling each other names. Uh, it's really kind of a national disgrace. But that's what these guys were trying to do. That's what these guys were trying to do, wear people down, e- erode their morale, uh, cause them to take their eyes off from the Lord, cause them to take their eyes off the work that the Lord had put them there to do. This God-given vision that uh, Nehemiah had, was, was leading the people towards uh, the, the work of rebuilding. The third form of opposition, threats and intimidation. Verse 11, it says, Our enemies said they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. I've never received death threats, thankfully. But I've sure had people threaten me and try to intimidate me from doing the Lord's work. Um, Maybe you have too. And you know what? We just need to stand firm and and know that God is is in control. It's his battle. It belongs to him. Fourth is discouragement. You know, negativity can come from within, you know, in many ways, I think it's harder to deal with opposition that, uh, that comes from our own people. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe some of the Jews had succumbed to the, the jeering and, and the threats. You know, it's one thing to uh, be made fun of, but uh, being threatened by, by physical harm, you know, even, even death, 
Maybe that was starting to get to some people. You know, the, the task was overwhelming. It says, it says the people of Judah said the people are losing their strength. The work is too hard. We can't do this by ourselves. You know, they're getting very discouraged. So the wall is half up. The people are tired. Maybe some of them, maybe many of them are, are beginning to lose their drive. You know, at first, remember, they were, they were pretty excited. You know, they had said, yes, let's build. You know, they'd been eager to do the work. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this vision was, was becoming more dim in their eyes as they were growing weary and hearing the, the jeering and the, the mockery and, and the threats. You know, there's, there's always this temptation, and, and I think we're all susceptible to it, to start on something and, and not see it through, not, not finish it. All this rubble laying around. Too much rubble, they said. You know, but think about it. The, the, the wall was half up. I would imagine there's probably much less rubble than there was when they, when they started the people who lived near the enemies uh, away from Jerusalem were trying to discourage them. So, you know, it came from all different directions. It says that these people came ten times saying, return to us. You know, they must have heard the jeers, the threats and all that, and maybe they were beginning to believe the enemy as well. Maybe they were believing that, uh, no, this, this is a waste of time. It's not going to work. We need to be careful who we listen to. You know, even our own people, even even as well-meaning as, as they might be, you know, they, they may erode our, our resolve and, and kill our zeal. That can happen. So those are the types of opposition. Uh, what was the response here? What was the response? What did Nehemiah do? You know, when we encounter opposition, we need to respond well. Verse 14, here is a a pivotal verse in in this chapter. Nehemiah says, I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who's great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. So, at the beginning of the chapter, when uh, this mocking and jeering was occurring, what was the first thing that, that Nehemiah did? He said, Hear, O God, we are despised. He prayed. He went to the Lord. Yeah. Take it to the Lord in prayer. You know, Nehemiah, the people were, were the objects of, of the enemy's contempt. Nehemiah said, turn back their taunt on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where they're captives. You know, many of us might have uh, responded by arguing with uh, Sanballat, saying, oh yeah? You know, this, this, this wall will stand just fine, thank you. Uh, look at the uh, craftsmanship and 
Of course, it's not going to come down if a fox climbs on it. You know, we will offer sacrifices, and if you try to stop us, we'll crush you. But they didn't do that. Rather than taking it in their own hands, they went to the Lord. You know, Nehemiah is, is essentially asking God just to turn their threats back on their own heads. You know, let, let the enemy's sin just fall back on him. Lord, give them a taste of their own medicine, essentially is what he's saying. There's, there's a proverb that talks about this. Proverbs twenty six twenty seven says, Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and a stone will come back on him who starts it rolling. And Nehemiah continues, he says, Lord, don't, don't cover their guilt. Let not their sin be blotted out from your sight, for they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. He's turning it over to God. You know, the, the enemies have done wrong by trying to stop God's work and threatening God's people. Proverbs twenty twenty two says, Do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord, and he will deliver you. The battle belongs to the Lord. And, and we can look at we can look at Jesus' example with this. First Peter two twenty three, speaking of Jesus, said, When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. When we when we look at Ephesians six with that, that great section of, of that epistle that talks about the uh, the full armor of God. We're going to do a series on Ephesians in the future, but this, this one section about the armor begins, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. And it goes on to talk about the different uh, pieces of armor. And it concludes with something very important. You know, put, put on the, the helmet of salvation, the, the breastplate of righteousness, you know, take the sword of the word, the the shoes of salvation, all this stuff. But he wraps it up and he says, therefore take, no, he says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. So this this whole battle needs to be a battle in which we take it to the Lord, we trust the Lord, we trust that it's his battle. <coughs> Praying at all times in the spirit. That's, that's the proper response. Look at verse 9 here in, in Nehemiah 4. It says, We prayed to our God and set a guard as protection against them day and the night. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. Pray and set a guard. Second, look to our hearts. We need to be determined to do what God has us to do. Verse 6, I love that, what he says here. 
So we built the wall. The wall is only joined together half its height. Uh, the people had a mind to work, it said. And uh, rather to succumb to the, uh, the threats and the jeering and the discouragement, what did they do? They trusted in the Lord and they set their minds to do the work that they were given to do. Paul tells Timothy to endure hardship in 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 4. Suffering, or excuse me, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. He tells the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We're perplexed but we're not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Ephesians 6.13, back to the armor. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand firm. So we look to God, we trust in him, and we, we stand firm with what he's equipped us with. You know, this, this is a strong theme in the Bible, isn't it? Think, think back to Joshua. What, did, what, did, uh, what, was, what was the admonition? Several times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the strength of his might. So it's not our own strength. It's not our own courage. It's, it's him. It's the Lord who enables us to do this. Be strong and courageous. We can do that because we've got God on our side. So the third response is, is vigilance. Vigilance. The first step was prayer. We, we don't stop there, though. Remember, prayer is, is not the only thing we do, but it's the first thing we do. They prayed, and then they set a guard. Uh, the Christian life is is not passive. Uh, you know, we we've not been equipped with the full armor of God so that we might retreat into our our building and uh, hope that all will be well. No, we can stand firm because it is God who has equipped us with with the full armor. He's equipped us with with the best, and uh, we we actually need to use this armor. You know, put it into practice. Look at verse 15. It says that God frustrated the enemy's plan. God frustrated the enemy's plan. They kept working on the wall. They were vigilant. The builders armed themselves. In, in verse 18, it says, you know, each of the builders had a, a sword strapped to his side while he built. Wouldn't you have liked to have seen that? They, they set up a, a system of alarms, people positioned around the wall so that if the enemy would attack one section, a, a horn would be blown and, and the other, the other uh, people could, could rally at, at that point. You know, this, this just like the building, this, this vigilance, this uh, standing firm was a community effort. You know, each, each group was building 
and uh, guarding their own section of the wall was they were also responsible for the other sections. Uh, notice that Nehemiah groups people in, in the lowest places on the wall. Um, it says, I, let's see, since, so in the lowest parts of the spaces behind the wall in the open places, I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears, and their bows. So the people are vulnerable in these lower lower places. There's something else to notice here that uh, we need to see, you know, the, the strength of families working together. You know, he positioned them by, by families, by clans, fighting for each other. Uh, they, had, they had various weapons. Uh, it talks about bows. You know, that, that's, that's a long-range weapon. Uh, spears and swords for uh, close-range protection. You know, we're going to be exposed in the spiritual battle that, that God has us in. It's, it's Jesus' high priestly prayer to, to the Father. Remember, he says, I don't, I don't pray that they would be taken out of the world. I don't ask that you remove them from the world, but that you may protect them from the evil one. And so... You know, we make a mistake if we think that we should or could isolate ourselves from, from the world. You know, we're, we're not of the world. When we went through Philippians, we talked a lot about how we are resident aliens. God has us here for a, for a purpose. You know, that what is the purpose? That, that we would be the light of the world, that we would be the salt of, of the earth, that we would have a, an influence, that we would be witnesses to the good news of, of Jesus Christ. Fourth response, and I, I think most important, is that we need our eyes to be on the Lord. We need our eyes to be on the Lord. Verse 14 I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember uh, Psalm 127, the first verse says that uh, unless the Lord builds the house... Those who build labor in vain. We can say the same thing about the walls of Jerusalem. We can say the same thing about the, the church, God's rebuilding plan for, for our church. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor do it in vain. So, you know, God is the victor. If we take our eyes off him, uh, we, we will fail. Our, our trust is in him. Eyes on the Lord. So let's wrap this up. You know, when, when we do God's work, we can expect to encounter opposition. I think the Bible makes that, that very clear over and over again. You know, we, we might be mocked. We might be jeered. We might be threatened. 
The enemy is going to try to bring confusion. We might be opposed by our own people. We might be tempted to to give it up, just to hang it up and walk away. We might be tempted to ask ourselves, uh, is, is this really worth it? You know, wouldn't, wouldn't it be easier just to quit? But here's the key verse. Verse 14, remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight. We need to fight for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Look to God and remember the Lord who is great and awesome. There's, there's a song we, we sing here sometimes uh, as a verse. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. Look to the Lord when we're tempted to despair. You know, prayer is our first response. Read the book of Acts if you don't believe that. What did, what did the early Christians do whenever there was opposition? They got together and prayed. They prayed privately and they came together to pray. Remember the Lord who's great and awesome and and fight. So let's pray. Uh, Our Father, in in the name of Jesus, our our Lord and and Savior, um, Lord, you, you are our protector. Uh, we do look to you, Lord, for, for the work of rebuilding that, that you've entrusted to us. Lord, there are, there are those who would love to see this church fail. Uh, they, they may resort to threats and, and lies and, and mockery and whatever, Lord, but uh, we, we acknowledge and we, we stand firm on the fact that, that you are Lord. Jesus, you said you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Uh, our, our trust is in you, Lord, our only trust. Who, who else, Lord, are, are we going to put our, our faith in? Uh, use us, Lord. Lord, we, we consecrate our, ourselves to you for your use. And it's for your glory And for your name's sake that we pray, amen.